Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and I appreciate this opportunity. I can't tell you how excited I am tonight to uh, introduce our guest. It's uh, Michael Wilder. You probably know Michael. Hi. How you doing, Bishop? <laughs> Michael's the father of Micah Wilder and Matt Wilder, and uh, we interviewed them just a few weeks ago, and it's, it's nice to have you here with us. I appreciate you coming in all the way from Florida to do this. Well, I had <laughs> some business out here, but it worked out. God is good. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, and I know you have a wonderful story to tell, and I'm sure uh, our audience will be interested in hearing it. Uh, and I know you've done the interviews before, and so I, I just pray that... Uh, We'll be able to say the things, that, like I said in the prayer, that uh, will touch some hearts. And you're actually a convert to the LDS Church, were you not? Yes. Um, uh, my wife and I, um, I was just finishing up graduate school wow. back in 1977. That's a <laughs> long, long time ago. And uh, the missionaries actually knocked on uh, my door. Lynn was teaching that day. She had finished. And I was wow. working on my graduate course paper, and I was so bored. <laughs> that I would talk to anybody. So the missionaries knocked, on the, knocked on the door. This is in August of 1977, and I let them in, and wow, went from there. Now you're what? You were Christian though before this? Or? I was raised Baptist. Okay. Um, and uh, but I never joined any Baptist church. I just never quite felt comfortable. Hmm. Um, so I I was always looking. Yeah. But I just didn't know what I was looking for. Really? And, uh, and, so, and the message that they had seemed to fill some of those questions, I guess, the missionaries? Yes. As I tell people today, I knew just enough about the Bible to be dangerous. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, when I used to teach accounting uh, years ago, I used to tell people that you're learning just enough about accounting to be dangerous. So don't think you're accountants. <laughs> or CPAs or financial There's analysts. There's a lot more to learn. There's huh? a lot more to learn. And uh, what happened is when the missionaries came in, they started using some terms, prophets, yeah. uh, apostles, uh, the Ten Commandments, and all these things, you know, Jesus Christ. And it kind of drew me. And I, as I, you know, got pulled into it, I never really knew how to counter what they were talking about. So again, not, not knowing enough about the Bible, but you were familiar with apostles and prophets. Those words, yeah, not it, how it, they applied to the Bible. It, it sounded logical, yeah. you know, that, well, you know, Heavenly Father loved us so much. In the, the Old Testament, he had prophets to tell us. Yeah. Don't you think that Heavenly Father loves us today, that he would also give us prophets today? That's a real to draw, tell us? isn't and it? And wow, yes, I guess he does love us. <laughs> Not realizing, and the Bible says they ended. <laughs> Are you, were you what we'd consider a golden contact? Were the missionaries excited and thought, oh boy, we've really got some, something going here? Uh, they said, yeah, this guy really doesn't know anything about the Bible. <laughs> we can get it. <laughs> this is a golden contact. And, and so... Uh, uh, yeah, they were really excited. Wow. That uh, uh, Now, my wife wasn't so excited oh. uh, when she came back later on. 
But uh, we, we decided to go through the discussions and, you know, I, they just, they taught us enough about the Mormon church to make it sound interesting and good. Yeah. But they only taught us what 10% of what the LDS church really represented. <laughs> uh, just the good things. So did, when they told you about Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon, had you ever heard of the Book of Mormon before? I have never really heard about the Book of Mormon. The only thing I knew about Mormons was Donnie and Marie. That was it, okay? <laughs> and so okay. I didn't know anything about Joseph Smith. I didn't know anything about the Book of Mormon. Yeah. And so it all sounded logical. It just sounded logical. And they were so good at piece, you know, uh, piecemeal picking exactly what they want to bring the discussion along that I fell for it. Yeah. And they do that today. Uh, but, but if a person really knows their Bible, then they have a defense against, against Mormonism. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just that clear. If you truly know the Bible, then, it, then Mormonism will not stand up. They can't uh, talk you into stuff. No. So you end up getting baptized. Yes, we got baptized um, October 28, 1977. Wow. And... Um, we did not have any children at that point, and um, we just progressed on through the yeah. church for the next 30 years. Burning in the bosom um, type stuff? E yes, because again, if you don't know what you're praying for, uh, <laughs> you can get a burning in the bosom. Yeah. But, but I think about it now, you know, if my football team wins, I get excited. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's the same concept. It depends on what you're praying for. God will, you know, witness to you on good things. But when it gets mixed up with everything else, you've got to be able to separate it yeah. to understand. Because when you read the Book of Mormon, and if you're reading information that's copied from the Bible, of course it's going to sound good because it's the Word of God. Yeah. And, but if you're reading Doctrine and Covenants 132, it doesn't that's sound not so from God. It's not going to sound so good. Wow. But behold, I didn't read Doctrine and Covenants 132 or anything in Doctrine and Covenants. When we joined the church, right. they, they just cherry picked, you know, a few verses in the Bible, a few verses in the Book of Mormon, made yeah. you feel good, yeah. make it sound so nice and sweet, and you get drawn in. And that's what happened to us. So 30 years in the church, did you get married in the temple? Uh, my wife and I were already married and we got sealed. Sealed in okay. the temple, okay. And uh, Before so, the kids came along? Right, right. Okay, before, so they were all born in the covenant, so They to were speak. born and, under the covenant and uh, we got sealed, I think, at something like March 2nd, uh, uh, 1989, uh, uh, I think. Wow. Uh, no, no, 1979, excuse me. 79, yeah, a couple of years a, after you just were... Just about a year and a half after that. Oh, yeah, we wow. had to wait, become worthy. Oh, that's right. So, you know, we had to... You know, we had to prove that we were worthy, and that should have been a signal <laughs> from <laughs> that point. <laughs> Something wasn't quite right. Oh, my goodness. So, testimony of Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon and the whole, and the prophet, the current prophet and everything. Right, and, yeah. right. Yeah, you slowly, I always refer to it when you, when you join the LDS Church, and again, I remember talking to the missionaries, and we said, you know, I mean, they had these can discussions that were just terrible and I said oh, go ahead and do your can discussions then we'll talk and I said let's concentrate on the Bible and they brought everybody to you know to try to converse the word mission leader uh, counselors from the bishopric uh, you know a high priest group leader we we went you through the multiple period of, of people that came to teach us yeah. and uh, uh, and what was interesting uh, I was teaching uh, at Ball State University at that time and one of 
the professors there, which was assistant department head, was a Mormon. Mm -hmm. So that they kind of took us under their wing, okay. and you know, fellowshiped you. Fellowshiped yeah. us. So that was a key thing. Probably, if that family were not there, we wouldn't have joined. Oh. But they kind of drew us in yeah. and tried to explain everything, and we just kept growing with showed it. You, showed yeah. you the cultural and social right, side of right, the church, right? Right. And, and yeah. so it, it all sounded so good. <laughs> was there ever anything that? either didn't sound good or right that you had to kind of deal with and or how did you deal with things that you learned along the way? Well, when um, we were studying, I remember uh, talking to the missionaries and I said, now, the Bible is not, is, is the most important thing. And he said, well, there's two sticks. He says, the Bible and the Book of Mormon are equal. Oh, really? Okay. I said, okay, but they're equal. They're both the Word of God. Yeah. And the Book of Mormon doesn't override the Bible, and the Bible doesn't override the Book of Mormon. Well, that was the first lie, okay? Because we realize, you yeah. know, when we look at the the eighth, uh, is it the eighth third, article, eighth of article faith, of faith yeah. uh, that um, you know it's not it is it's only translate it's only reliable as as far as it's translated, translated correctly, correctly. But the Book of Mormon is the Word of God. There's no qualifier with the right. with that. So you know they started, but then after we joined the LDS Church then slowly, it's like the frog in water, <laughs> slowly they start changing and you start losing confidence of the Bible. And you, you don't read it as often. Yeah. You kind of just read certain verses. You concentrate more on the Book of Mormon, the Latter-day Prophets writings, right. uh, the Doctrine Covenants and so, things, so forth. So as, you know, as we were getting ready to join, there was one thing that almost kept us from joining a church. And I have to apologize that I did not, that I should should not have joined, but it, God has his unique ways, and this was a plan from the beginning, that about two days before uh, we were to be baptized, it was, we were to be baptized, I think, on a Friday night. Yeah. I found out, like, on a Wednesday, uh, I think somebody had put some literature in my mailbox at the university, oh. and I read that blacks could not hold the priesthood. Oh, and this and was 77. This so was 77. Just, this is for the great revelation. <laughs> and I just, I just, I couldn't understand that. I mean, I, I didn't know a lot about the Bible, but I knew that God loved all people. Yeah. And how could he have those restrictions? Yeah. So, you know, we had an emergency meeting with the missionaries like Thursday night. <laughs> Did before you really? we, Yes. And they basically convinced us, well, we don't know why. We don't know why Jesus only taught to the Jews first before the Gentiles, but there will be a time. And they laid out this nice story. And we were so close to being baptized, we just accepted it. At least I accepted You'll it. You'll understand it later or right, something. Right, right. We just don't understand everything now, but you yeah. know, it really bugged me. Wow. And it bugged me for years. And the next year when the revelation did come, I, my wife and I actually cried because we thought, oh, Oh, the church is true. It's, true. it's progressing. <laughs> not realizing they've there was never a law to begin with that shouldn't have allowed them not to have the priesthood. Yeah. And so, so you start getting into this emotional. I felt thing. the same way. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> you know, just like we can drink uh, Pepsi and Coke today. Yeah, the caffeine. You know, these, right. You know, yeah. I mean, years ago we couldn't do that. We oh. couldn't get it to our kids or anything. But now it's it's you know, like Revelation is a wonderful thing. <laughs> kind of <laughs> so. keeps you current and everything, doesn't it? <laughs> well, so kind of what, uh, that's 30 years, you're active, you're Temple Recommend holder, you uh, yes. hold callings, you've been on the High Council and in Bishopriggs, yes. I understand. Yeah. And yeah, when I was, I think, uh, around 36, I was called uh, to the High Council. Wow. 
and served there for a long, long time. I served on two bishoprics, uh, one in Indiana and yeah. actually one in Utah. Wow. And so um, a lot of time in leadership position. And then when, we, when I was in the high council, I also was a restricted ordinance worker in a Chicago temple. Oh so my, my wife and I used to go up there and do work. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how we found time, <laughs> uh, but uh, we, we did that. So it was a very, very busy year from, uh, I had, yeah, I was in the high council and bishoprics from uh, 1986 through um, 1999 when we moved from Indiana to, to Utah. Oh, and Then so about a year later, I got called to the bishopric again in Utah. Here in Utah. Uh, so, wow. But the, uh, or two years later, I can't remember exactly. Yeah. But the, um, um, we were very active. I mean, yeah. we were not Jack Mormons. We really believe it. We did not drink Cokes. You know, I mean, we, uh, the, uh, we did not do uh, shop on Sundays. We did not watch TV on Sundays. We did, we were the Mormon family. Well, yeah. we didn't have time. I, I was so busy. <laughs> Uh, I would leave at six o'clock in the morning and travel around the state wow. uh, uh, or stake and, you know, from one yeah. city to another city and things and get home late that night. But, but the, uh, we really believed it yeah. and, and lived it and taught our children that from day one. We had three sons that served missions. Yeah. Uh, so, and, uh, and you have three sons and, and other children? You have a daughter? And a daughter. And a daughter. Yes. Okay. Yeah, four children. All right. So what happens in life that uh, starts putting more things on the shelf or whatever happened to you or so, what happens after uh, 30 years well when they said we couldn't we could drink caffeine then that that broke it no oh no <laughs> uh, actually, you were out by then right <laughs> no it, it was a, it was amazing by, by the way that was a food service problem at BYU that's right that, it wasn't it wasn't the church it was right right they could stuff. ask if they would just ask for it they would have provided yeah. a, a, a coca-cola drink right so, okay that's amazing anyway. but um, I think it, it came down to, to this. Um, our third son uh, became born again on, on his mission. And uh, this is Micah. This is Micah. Okay. And what, what happened there was not because he joined, you know, was coming out of Mormonism that we decided to come out of Mormonism. He just told us one basic fact was to read the Bible as a child, okay? Just go back and read it. That's an intensely. interesting concept, isn't you know, it? Take away your Mormon glasses, take away your concepts of Mormonism, yeah. and read it. And, and we tried to do that, but we were always reading the Book of Mormon. The prophet kept saying, we're going to, as a family, read the, the, read. the, the Book of Mormon. Yeah. And then we got done with that, and we started working on the Bible again. We're going to read the Book of Mormon. <laughs> we read that. And then finally, we got to a point where we said, we're going to read the Bible. And as I started reading the Bible, and I took off my Mormon concepts, I started seeing from, uh, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you know, Romans, Acts, uh, Galatians, you know, Corinthians, Ephesians, uh, Jude, you know, Revelation. As I start, was going through that, it just started jumping out. There were so many conflicts, and I kept saying, Wow, you know, we believe in the Bible as far as it's translated correctly. This whole Bible's not translated correctly because I'm seeing now so many conflicts in doctrinal and in, yeah. in understanding the nature of Christ and understanding the nature of God and understanding who who Jesus really is by reading his own writings yeah. and understand what he was really teaching. And I started reading this and I was saying, 
my goodness, I'm, it just didn't add up. And, you know, one of the key things as I was reading uh, through uh, um, Luke, and I've stated this story many times, but it was a key factor in coming to Luke chapter 18. And when Christ talked about two men went up to the temple, okay? Mm. One a publican, one oh, uh, uh, yeah. the Pharisee, yeah. okay? And that particular verse section broke me. In fact, if, if you don't mind, I, I could, you know, okay. recall it, but I think I'll just read it. Uh, and again, I'm going to read King James. I still have my old King James version with all my <laughs> footnotes, LDS Bibles here. But this chapter started breaking me because this didn't add up to what Mormonism was teaching. So uh, it says here that two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a publican or a tax collector. Okay? The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee, I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even as this publican. Now, you have to understand, I'm a high priest. Yeah. I have served in the high <clears throat> council. I have served in the bishoprics. Proud of your I, activity. I, I was an active <laughs> Mormon doing all the right things. Yeah. I was earning my salvation. I did all the right things, and I, you know, was on the right journey. And then, you know, this person, you know, and again, just And you're think, grateful that you're not like other people. Yes, I started thinking, wow, you know, I'm glad I had the priesthood. Yeah. I'm glad I'm a high priest. I'm glad I'm not like that Baptist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, who says we're just saved by faith. Right. You know, yeah. and by grace. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to show God that I can do it, that I can do it on my own. When I stand before God, I can say, look at all these righteous things I've done over the years. And I'm building up my treasure chest, and I'm going to be worthy. You know, I'm sending three sons on missions, and I was a ward mission leader, and I've done all these other righteous things. Wow. So, you know, I'm just reading this. And then it comes, and it says, and I fast twice a week, <laughs> the, the Pharisee's saying, and I give tithes of all that I possessed, not realizing that the Jews were just commanded at that time just to fast once a year. Wow. He's upping the ante. He said, God, you, you don't even set the standards high enough. I am so righteous. I do it twice a week, but you only command people to do it once You've a really, year. You've really got to be pleased right. with me. And yeah. also, the Jews were required only to pay tithes on part of what they have. Yeah. And he says, he says I, I, give, I all. give all. Wow. Man, I am, I am a good man. Okay. Then you have this poor tax collector, this poor Public, uh, publican, Public. and he comes and he, you know, and, and I've been on the Temple Mount. I know, I can visualize it. And they're sitting there before the temple. And, you know, he doesn't even look up. And he states, standing far off, not even lift up as much as his eyes into heaven, but smell his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And, wow, you know, I started saying, yeah, yeah, okay, he's a sinner. Yeah. Thank God I'm not a sinner like him. Yeah. Okay, so okay, you know, yeah, God would show mercy upon him. He's good, okay? <laughs> and then Christ. And, and what's interesting, if, we, if the LDS had a red letter edition, I think this would help. be in red. Yeah. These are the words of Christ, right. <clears throat> okay? That's right. Uh, so Christ now tells, he says, I tell you, this man, the publican, 
went down to his house justified rather than the other. The Pharisee. The Pharisee. Yeah. So whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Yeah. Whoever humbles himself will, will be exalted. exalted. And I started thinking, whoa, wait a minute. This guy is paying his tithing. He's following all the laws. He's doing all the right things. Yeah. And God, Christ is not saying he's the righteous one. He's saying the man who's, who's, who doesn't pay who's tithe. Who's humble, won't even look, at, look won't up. Won't even look up. Who's, who says he's a sinner. Yeah. Who's doing all these unrighteous things, you know. And he's going to be lifted up. That's reading as a child. That's reading as a child. And that, that whole thing started breaking me down. It's, it, it, it just pierced me. Wow. Uh, because when you go ahead and you read into Luke, you go on to, into verse 18, okay? He says, this is the, the parable of the good master. He says, what can I do to have eternal life? Here's another person doing all these righteous things. Yeah. I've kept these commandments since my youth. I pay my tithes. I yeah. do this. I do this. What does he say? And Christ says, okay, if you want to be saved by the law, then you need to fulfill all the law. Give everything you have all to the, the poor law. and needy. Yeah. And so what we need to realize is that when we try to save ourselves by the law, yeah. we will be condemned by the law yeah. and we will be broken by the law. Rather than be saved by right. grace. Right, be saved by grace. So if we want to play that game, yeah. you can try to do it, but we can't. So he says, okay, you keep all the laws, then you want to be saved by the laws, then give everything you have. And notice he didn't say give it to the church. Yeah. He just said give, give it, it to it the poor give it and to, needy. Give it away. Yeah. Before wow. we run out of time, Michael, I wanted to ask you how, how much of a challenge was it for you to leave the church after 30 years? I mean, there are people that are in the church right now that are active and probably functioning much the way you and I did for our time in the church. How much pride was it to, how, how difficult was it to overcome that pride? And, and it, it is. It is hard, isn't it? When you stop and look at your life, and we're not looking like a year or two, we're looking at a period of 30 years, all the time I spent into the LDS church, all the time I, I've, I've you know, done service in there, my callings, raising my children into the doctrine of the LDS church, yeah. sustaining false prophets, Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, and so forth, even the current prophet, you know, sustaining them and saying, I was wrong. This, know. You know, it's very hard to, to stand it, there and look at yourself and say, I've made a mistake. But to trust in God, knowing that uh, that's the better way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so you, you, could, you can keep your pride yeah. like the Pharisee <laughs> and say, well, I'll go ahead <clears throat> and I'll, you know, I'll earn my way. Yeah. Or you can say, it's, it's been an error. Yeah. And so... We decided, my wife and I had said, we've made an error and we, we, we were coming out. Wow. And so, yeah, it, it's hard. You, you, you move, you lose friends, yeah. uh, you know, you lose business, but <laughs> trading. But it's worth it. Trading the good news of the gospel yeah. for an incorrect religion, you can't go wrong. No. I mean, it is great. And, and if, I, if I could say anything to anybody who might be listening. Yeah, please do. Get into the Word 
and go back and read what it's saying here and read these gospels read the writings of paul read galatians and if there's one thing if, if i can quote real quickly here from galatians if i can um uh, find it here um but and paul just did an amazing job of teaching grace and understanding grace and and you know when we when we truly understand grace um we truly understand Jesus. You made an interesting comment if, real quickly about if this letter was addressed. If Paul, if Paul was, was if here, he today. Came here today, he would write this, an epistle to the Mormons. <laughs> I really believe this. You can plug in the Mormons you, and then right, read it. Right. <laughs> because it when, when you look in chapter 2, and I encourage people, let's go read chapter 2, chapter 3. He states in verse 16, he says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, your temple recommend, yeah. okay, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ. Okay? And he goes on here, and he says, And not of the works of the law, but by the works of the, shall no flesh be justified. Yeah. You know, and that's just as powerful. And he says, and I love this verse, he says, Now, he says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I was dead before, but now I'm alive in Christ. Yeah. And Christ lives in me. I'm a new creation, new creature. And then he goes on and states in verse 21, and he states this, Do not frustrate the grace of Christ, because if, right, if righteousness, my temple recommend, yeah. being a high priest, doing all these right, if my righteousness comes by the works of the law, then Christ's death was in vain. Isn't that powerful? So, uh, <laughs> you, yes, that, that is so powerful. And so, when you start looking at this, you say, wow, you know, I am a sinner. Yeah. We go to Romans uh, 3, 23 yeah. and 24. You I know, fall short. All yeah. have sinned and fall short. Well, Michael, so, you're not going to believe it. We're out of time. Oh, but okay. what a powerful story. And uh, I know that there are... You've actually done other interviews, Sacred Groves. Uh, you can go on YouTube and, and learn more about uh, Michael Wilder and the family and uh, uh, Unveiling Grace. Unveiling Grace, Unveiling yeah. Grace. Appreciate you joining us tonight. We'll see you next week. This has been the audio edition of The Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an Ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon. Thank you.